The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, do I give it to you. God's words are important for us, and the church knows it, and so places it on our lips every single Mass, to be able to hear the words, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The words that follow are a reminder to us from the Lord that indeed there are two different types of peace that we can experience. One is the peace that this world gives, that this life gives. The other is the peace of Christ himself. The peace that the world gives is peace. It is a peace that is limited, though. Often it is very specific and is temporary. Usually our peace is such that something has happened to disturb us and that thing needs to go away, it needs to stop, it needs to be resolved. The world seeks to resolve that particular situation in some way and then we are given peace again. It's a simple external factor, things that are outside of us. But the simple reality is every one of us knows Sometimes, whenever we want something outside of us to go away, it doesn't. And sometimes when it does, something else comes right behind it. And how easy it can be that we find ourselves unrest, a lack of peace, almost continuously, as one thing after the other continues to come to us to afflict us. This is why the Lord invites us to a deeper peace, a more profound peace, uh, the peace that Christ gives to us is all-encompassing, it is constant, and it is universal. It is that which, rather than working from the exterior to try to fix things outside of us, it comes to us from the interior, from the heart. That Christ speaks to us, it transforms us from the inside out, such that no matter what may be happening around us, we still have peace. This is the peace that Christ comes to give to us, an abiding peace. And this is the peace that every one of us wants. We long for it. We fight for it. But oftentimes we settle for the worldly, 
because it comes easier. The simple fact is that every one of us desires the peace of Christ because who among us is content to have peace 12 hours of the day and the other 12 can be chaos? Who among us is okay with, with peace and little spurts here, there, and everywhere rather than something that sustains us? Nobody. All those want something that, that endures. And that's what Christ himself comes to offer to us. And the way by which we get it is to know the one who gives it. If we desire peace, we must know the man, Jesus Christ. The God-man who took on flesh to be with us, we need to know him. Not just to know about him. Not just to know where he came from, where he was born, where he lived, what job he had, what day he was born even. These things, although helpful for us as a good starting point, are not the things that sustain us in our relationship with Christ. We need to actually have a relationship that, that deepens, just as any relationship we have in this life does, to know Jesus. There are a variety of ways which, by which we can know Jesus, and certainly I would suggest to you the most excellent is to spend time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, to literally be with Jesus. We can read sacred scripture and hear his words in so many ways. But as we celebrate the month of May and the last weekend of the month of May, it's an opportunity also to recognize that one of the privileged ways by which we can come to know the man, Jesus Christ, is by coming to him through the prayers of the rosary. The prayers of the rosary. And when you hear that, I don't know what happens in your brain when I say praying the rosary, but oftentimes it depicts the little flock of old ladies praying it at church, because that's what... That's what grandmas do. They pray the rosary all the time. When, I mean, anytime you have a funeral, you know, what do they do if it was a woman? Oh, she prayed the rosary all the time, Father, all the time. It was always in her hands. Good. <laughs> but it's not just reserved for little old grandmas, I assure you. The rosary is every person's prayer. It is for every single one of us, with no exclusions. The rosary is something that can deepen over time as we learn it and appreciate it more and more. My own experience of the rosary was basically kind of started in high school. I had a rosary. I knew what it was, at least. I didn't use it so much. But I knew that it was a prayer to Mary. I know it was lots of prayers to Mary. And occasionally they would pray it in, in church, youth group, or various other activities. And I knew how to at least follow along. I knew how to kind of pass the beads through my hands. And, you know, I knew the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. I struggled with the Creed. And I had no idea what those extra prayers people would throw in all the time were. So I'd just kind of sit there and smile until whatever was happening was done. And then we'd pick up where I left off, where I knew what was happening again. And it just kind of continued like that. It was, it was a normal experience. It, you know, yeah. Do you know how to pray the rosary? Yes. But I didn't really know how to pray the rosary. When I got to the seminary, I discovered mystery of mysteries. There are actually mysteries <laughs> that we pray in the rosary. Things in the life of Christ. You know, I, I, I knew that people would, would say something to me like, you know, uh, the resurrection from the dead. And they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven. You know, and like, it, it didn't really connect with anything. But the simple fact is when I got to the seminary and began to understand that 
that there are mysteries that we reflect upon. And that's the content of the rosary. The, the, the Hail Marys that we say, they're the filler space to let our mind kind of go on autopilot. So our engagement can actually kick in and meditate on the mystery. We can reflect upon the, 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 the mysteries. The joyful, the sorrowful, the luminous, the glorious. To think about these things. Several years went on still, and I discovered another book that actually talked about that the, the, the mysteries have, have a fruitfulness to them. That every, every mystery, every decade of the rosary that we pray, there's something contained within it that, that by reflecting upon the life of Christ, by reflecting upon this, this mystery in sacred scripture in the life of Jesus, that something grows in me, something increases within me. A virtue happens within my soul. And continuing on, being able to apply the rosary to my own life, the mysteries and the meditations to reflect upon how that affects me. What does that have to do with me here and now? Wherever you are in, in the, your understanding of the rosary, where you just know that it's a thing that exists, whether you know just the prayers, whether you know the mysteries, whether you know the virtues, whether you're praying it from a passionate personal perspective, the simple fact is wherever you are, pray the rosary. Because it's powerful. Some of the saints have described it as a sort of ladder dropped down to heaven, dropped down from heaven. They would climb up <laughs> closer to Christ, bead by bead. And this is what it is. It's drawing closer to Jesus Christ. Kind of going through, through those different things, like you know, just to, to, to pause and reflect for a second on, on just how we can enter into this in a more concrete way. You know, we've got the, the four different sets of mysteries, the the joyful mysteries that are the early life of our Lord, the luminous mysteries that show the earthly life of Christ up to his passion between his, between his presentation of the temple and the finding of the Lord of the temple. Uh, between those times and the day he died, a lot happened. That's what the luminous mysteries are. Uh, the, glory, the sorrowful mysteries are his passion, the glorious, his resurrection, the things that follow. And these things are important for us. It, it, it gives us the entire life of Christ to meditate upon. The fourth sorrowful mystery is the carrying of the cross. It's a good opportunity for us, I think. And when we pray the rosary, oftentimes we pray the rosary rather quickly. And, and sometimes it's just, it's custom. It's what we do. It's how we were raised. But I would encourage you as, you, as you pray the rosary, make some time to stop. When you announce the decade, maybe go, okay, we're the fourth sorrowful mystery, the carrying of the cross. And stop for a minute. Don't immediately go into the Our Father and the Hail Marys and the prayers that follow. Pause. Think about Jesus carrying his cross. Let the movie The Passion of the Christ run through your mind a little bit. Think about Jesus when he was, when he was, when he was walking and he, and he fell. Think about our Lord whenever he was, uh, when he was greeted by the women of Jerusalem when he met his mother, right? Think about our Lord carrying his cross. Visualize it. Be with him in that. Suffer with him in that. And then continue. Or if you want, use that time also to be able to reflect upon the, the, the fruit of that particular mystery. The fruit of the, passion, of, the, of the carrying of the cross is patience. So if I meditate upon the carrying of the cross frequently enough, if I do it well enough, something within me will start to grow. And that something is patience. 
I think it's important because I need that. (laughs) We need the virtues. Reflecting upon patience at work in my life, that, that, that Christ was patient as he continued step by step by step, persevering in things. Even to apply it to my own life. How the mystery means something. It's not just, it's not just meditation on the life of Christ. It's, it's meditating on the life of Christ and applying it to my own self to draw closer to him. To connect with Christ. To contemplate where am I carrying a cross. Or maybe somebody else around me is carrying a cross that I can help them with. Like Simon of Cyrene helped Jesus. To reflect upon the weight of the cross. To reflect upon the fruit itself. Where am I being impatient these days? Where do I need the fruit of this meditation? All of these are concrete ways by which we can actually enter into the rosary much more deeply. And not simply um, kind of remain on the, on the spoken prayer. Because, you know, passing the beats of your hands is easy. But to enter into the mysteries is a much deeper thing. And indeed, is it a true gift? When we pray that way, sometimes the rosary can stretch a little bit. It's not uncommon whenever I get excited and, and feel particularly inspired and reflective. A rosary can take an hour. It's not a problem. But it doesn't have to. And here's the beauty of the rosary. It's, it's an incredibly versatile means of prayer. Just because we have the rosary doesn't mean we have to pray the whole rosary in a single shot. And this is an important thing to remember too because it gets at something of the, of the essence of the rosary itself. I was reading a book by Pope Benedict. It was a kind of a, a question and answer book where the, the author of the book would, would pose various questions and the Pope would respond just kind of simply and plainly in very highly theological text. And they got on the topic of prayer and specifically on the rosary. And Pope Benedict, the, the Pope, <laughs> he said, you know, oftentimes whenever I go to pray the rosary, I only get to about two or three mysteries. I don't usually make it to the end. I was like, what? The Pope can't even pray the whole rosary? What is going on with that? It was confusing to me. But then the reality is, as he went on to explain, he says, he says you know, the, the rosary is meant to, to bring us into an encounter with Christ. It's meant to deepen our relationship with the person of Jesus. And he says, oftentimes, as I'm meditating, I'm reflecting on the mysteries and, and, and entering into the life of Jesus. Often I only get to the second or third, the second or third mystery and I really have a profound spiritual connection with the Lord. And he says, and, and that's the goal. I'm not going to leave the Lord to go back to praying the words. It says that the rosary brought me to what it's supposed to do. It brought me to meet Jesus. And this is the simple reality is that, that wherever we are, whatever we do, the simple fact is that the rosary has the purpose of bringing us to know Jesus with Mary. It's the entire purpose, not simply to say the words, but to lead us to an encounter. So I would encourage you to pray the rosary. Again, as versatility is is remarkable as a means of prayer. You can pray it alone or you can pray it in groups. You can pray a decade at a time in five minutes or you can pray the whole five decades in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. You can pray all 20 decades in a day. If you really want to, really soak yourself in the life of Christ. You can use your beads. They have little rings now. 
They had the rosary on little cards, so you can go notch by notch on little, it looks like a little credit card. And if you don't have any of those things, just use your fingers. The simple fact is that, that God has, has given us the, the, this gift in so many ways to be able to use it wherever we are. Whether we're in the car, in the house, in the bath, in the bed, with our kids, in the field, at school, at work, wherever. The rosary is with us. And if we don't have the, the, the prayers down, or even if there's something that, that is so kind of distressful to us that we don't even know how to, we can't even get the words out, we can't even pass the beads along, just holding the rosary itself can be an experience. Just holding on to the rosary in itself is a prayer. Because it's an expression of faith. Of drawing close. So the rosary is like holding the hand of Our Lady, knowing that she is bringing us to Jesus in that moment. This is the power of the rosary, and it cannot be understated. The simple fact is that I think it was Blessed Alan de Roche who said, If you want to do anything in your life, if you want to change anything in your life, pray the rosary. Because one of two things will happen, and it'll show you where you stand. Either that thing will cease to be, that problem will be remedied by the prayers of the rosary and by the peace that you have, or you'll quit praying the rosary because it shows you don't really have the desire to do it anyway. Powerful words. Pray the rosary. Turn to our Lord and meet him face to face. Ask Our Lady to be with us. She who loves us more than we even know. And seeing her, meditating upon these mysteries, reflecting upon the fruits and applying them to our lives, that we too, like Pope Benedict, would encourage us, would have a profound encounter with Jesus Christ. And knowing him, we might know peace.